Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gate, hour number two from Radio Row, OutKick 360 rolls on across the OutKick network. It's the headlines. Clay Travis may join us in just a moment. Kayla Kinnearum is here. She'll be with us coming up in about 15 minutes. Day one on Radio Row with Fox with Outkick.com. Guys, we'll be here all week leading up to Super Bowl 56, Bengals and Rams. It's been a lot of fun so far, and we haven't had a chance to talk about the game yet. So we're going to have a lot of previews for you. Uh, We're going to have a Super Bowl special that's going to be available to some of our radio affiliates as well. Uh, Looking forward to breaking down this matchup in a game that I know we're in Los Angeles, but feels like most of America is rooting for the Bengals. Oh, for sure. I, sure. I am. You can count me among them. I'm not just rooting for them. I think they're going to win. I, I reserve the right to change my judgment uh, upon a little bit more study this week. Um, but We have not seen them play their best. Yeah. We were talking about this at dinner last night, and I, I think you're dead on there. I mean, they've played well enough, obviously, to beat very good teams, uh, but they've not put it all together. We've not seen them uh, uh, air it out the Still, way they, they can air right? it out. You know, Jamar Chase. We haven't seen Jamar Chase at that pace that he was on in November and December in, these, in this postseason. The explosive plays have not been there with the same consistency. Yeah, I mean, they won a close one against the Raiders. Uh, they, they go to Nashville, and they win a game where they don't play well offensively. Right. Uh, you know, giving up all those sacks in that game, and they, they find a way because of the Titans and Ryan Tannehill's ineptitude, really, with the three interceptions. It's how they win a close game in that one. They fall behind 21-3 to in Kansas City. Offense isn't getting anything done. Kansas City's doing whatever they want offensively. And then, boom, second half comes, and nothing happens offensively for Kansas City. Defense was great, but it's really kind of been a seesaw-type performance so far for Cincinnati. But here they sit in the Super Bowl. That said, it's Which a, is encouraging, it, by the way, yes. if you're Cincinnati and a Cincinnati fan, that they haven't been great yet. That said, it's a game where stars typically shine, and uh, the Rams have more of them. I mean, Aaron Donald is the guy. He, he maybe is the most generational player outside of quarterback, quarterback of anybody we've watched play in the last 15, maybe 20 years. Jalen Ramsey's universally hailed as the best cornerback in, yep. the, in the game. Uh, Cooper Cup, we've talked about, you know, doesn't look like he should be the best receiver in the game, but may well be. I'm not talking in this game. I'm talking in the NFL right now. Just well, nonstop then, production Well, then the out most popular him. player is not even on that list yet, and Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Across the country, and he's Matthew, the most popular and, player. And Matthew Stafford's the guy they traded for to make this whole thing happen and to elevate it to a different level we just listed four really really good players let's talk about odell beckham jr yeah he just meant yeah but going off of that they acquire him in november uh he's been a star in the postseason it took a little time to ramp up and coming into the season we knew this was stafford's chance to cement himself as a great quarterback a great quarterback who was with a terrible franchise for over a decade 
And then uh, the addition of Odell Beckham Jr., unhappy in Cleveland. Think about all the teams out there that you thought about for Odell Beckham Jr. and all the fans and everyone saying, oh, he's a cancer. He could have gone two ways. can't get it done. You know, this is he's never going to be good again. And here is Odell Beckham Jr. preparing for a Super Bowl where he's been a star in the postseason. I mean, this has been a reversal, not completely, but I think this will help reverse the stigma around Odell Beckham Jr. being a malcontent if he can continue this play and help the Rams win a Super Bowl. Absolutely, and, and Robert Woods went down right as he arrived. Imagine if they hadn't gotten him and suffered that injury, or imagine if they hadn't suffered that injury and they had all of them. Uh, this team could be even even better. But this, this game is stacked with some quality receivers. Van Jefferson's a pretty good receiver, too, as a three on the Rams side. You're talking about Boyd as a three on the Bengals side. you got six receivers in this game who are quality, quality players. We're talking about the league turning into a, uh, a playmaker's league. We haven't even gotten to the tight ends yet, and, and we're talking about six really good options for two really good quarterbacks to throw to. 2.8 yards per carry so far in the playoffs for the Rams. Not a good rushing attack, not a good running team. But you mentioned Robert Woods, Paul. Robert Woods made the Rams look a little bit more like the 49ers. He's not Debo Samuel in the run game, but he could elevate their run game when they gave him the ball in the backfield or on end-around sweeps. That was a big facet of their rushing attack for the Rams that's no longer there, and yet here sits the Rams because Odell Beckham Jr. improves his play. So um, I really think you could, you know, the, the Rams have been better uh, but you could argue we haven't seen the best from either one of these teams yet. Well, I think in the, stretches we have the difference maker in this game can be Sony Michelle because he had 550 yards over the final six games of the regular season, and over the final six games, five of those six games he had 74 or more yards rushing. Now they haven't done that in the postseason, but there were flashes of that towards the end of the regular season. Much like, you know, I was saying we haven't seen Jamar Chase in the postseason. We haven't seen Sonny Michelle either. Um, and, and they've got some other options as well. But the, uh, the run game for both teams is the X factor in this matchup. Yeah. Uh, Akers, obviously, is the, uh, has had some moments. And Mixon is, is, a, is a stud. The Bengals um, have 70 carries for just 275 yards in three games in the postseason. Well, and it's definitely – about not seeing their best yet. You look at the success rate running the ball early downs, first down for both these teams. It's not good. But there is an element to this that if either team can get something done, yep. more than they've done so far in the postseason, you've got to feel good about their chances offensively. I mean, look, obviously these two teams want to go through their quarterback and receivers first, both of them. But there's – I wouldn't call it stubborn, and Paul, I know you hate this when teams are stubborn about the run and trying to get it going, but if either one of these teams can do anything on early down situations running the football, it's going to be a huge benefit. Absolutely. Um, You know, a lot of it's about uh, control, but then again, you know, every time we talk about control, look, I'm in favor of the control thing too, but I'm a big fan of a one-play 85-yard drive. Uh, and if, if you get one or two of those, uh, you, you, you see, you, know, you make the time of possession and all of that, you can make it moot uh, if you get the right big play at the right time. And we know we've got two teams here that are very capable of, of big plays. We've seen them make them on their paths here. And that's why this game, uh, though it maybe lacks 
glamour in terms of recent history and all that holds such intrigue. Uh, there are a lot of playmakers, and it's the way the direction the league's going. This game is very reflective of the way the league is going, and everybody who's sitting home without a rooting interest in one of these two teams is thinking somewhat about their own team and how it measures oh. up in terms of playmakers to these two teams. And cashing in on the, on the moments and the opportunity. You know, we can tie it in. You know, the, the Titans are one. We can tie it in with Kansas City, who had a chance to make it to three consecutive uh, Super Bowls. Buffalo and, missing it and, by and, and a And you hair. think about, you know, the teams that have done that. And, you know, exactly, Buffalo missing it. But going back to the, the, four, the, the stretch of games and Super Bowls with in their history and how they didn't cash in, that's how you're remembered. You know, you've got these dynasty-type teams that Kansas City was about to join. What did you do in your era? Right. And meanwhile, Cincinnati, we, we feel like is a year ahead of where maybe we thought they would be. You know, they compete for the division. I didn't pick them to win the division. And not only did they go and win it, they went on the road at Pittsburgh. They went on the road at Baltimore. And then they go and win on the road against the number one and number two seeds in the playoffs. And they're in the Super Bowl with a chance to, to win the Lombardi Trophy. I, I, I'm curious about, you know, the winner of this game setting a precedent for what other teams can follow. You know, if the Rams win, the going for broke, giving up a bunch of draft picks, going to get a quarterback with a good team, winning a Super Bowl in year one, how big is the group that inspires? You know, is it three or four teams that feel like they're in a position where they could do something like that and actually go for it and sacrifice draft picks? And on the flip side, you know, Cincinnati, if they win, of course they did with the number one overall pick in Joe Burrow leading the way, but Jamar Chase... You know, look at those early picks. Does it inspire a race to be a have or a have not, right? Cincinnati wins. The inspiration would be, I want to be the team that's bad, that can get all the draft picks for one player or two players that's really good on my team that's struggling and become Cincinnati. On the flip side, if you're a team that's winning a playoff game or getting the playoffs consistently but can't get over the hump because you need that quarterback – does it inspire another group of copycats that decide to go for broke and get that quarterback while giving up a bunch of draft capital? I think there are some teams, uh, you know, who are undecided about what they want to be that will teeter there. Here's one thing that I'm just thinking while we're talking about this. You know, the famous Herb Brooks speech after the Miracle on Ice team beat the Russians in the semifinal, telling that team, if you don't win this gold medal game, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. I feel a little bit. Listen, I'm not saying that the Rams players don't have the same feeling that the Bengals players do about the opportunity ahead of them. But the way you just laid it out, Hut, about what Cincinnati's just done in terms of beating one and two on the road to get here, I feel like this is my stance. You tell me what you think. I feel like for Cincinnati, the player opportunity is enormous, like that Herb Brooks speech. Like, you've done all this. If you get here and you don't win it, you've blown this golden, golden opportunity. For the Rams, I feel almost like it's more front office story and an approach. We've done all this, and we got all these pieces, and if we get here, and if we don't do it, we've blown this go-for-it plan. One of them, it's the players with the chance, and the other one, not that it's not the players, but it's this front office approach that has the chance. I still think the urgency part of it, you know, you've blown this chance to your Herb Brooks analogy, it goes to the Rams uh, simply because Joe Burrow's in year two. Right. And, you know, it feels like he's going to get back. Now, I will say this. Dan Marino in year one or two went to the Super Bowl and never went back. 
So for everyone that thinks this is going to be something regular, that Burrow's going to be in the mix, Cautionary going to AFC Championship games, I point you to Dan Marino and say, nothing is a given. And this could be his one shot at winning the Super Bowl also. I don't think it will be, but it's possible. And we've seen an all-time great Marino suffer that fate. I think that the, the haves and the have-nots is an interesting way to look at this because I don't think the winner of this game determines how certain teams will see the their their outlook change because I think that's based on ownership and whether or not that owner is willing to pony up the money yeah Cincinnati's winning this is how they have to win rookie contracts they notorious for being cheap when I say cheap cheaper than the rich who are willing like the Rams the Cowboys Miami uh, New England to some extent as you try to kick, kick the can down the road Washington I think there are certain owners that can follow what the Rams are doing the, the Browns are not one of them. Browns being Cincinnati ownership are not one of them. They're, they're, they're taking in the reward of having a rookie quarterback on a rookie salary for the next three years at least. Same goes for Jamar Chase. Second-year quarterback on his rookie contract. They're not yeah. paying crap to their offensive line, and it shows. Um, you know, those are former draft picks at left tackle. I mean, they're going to have money to invest. But do we actually see the Bengals going all in, chips on the table, for the first time in the history of their franchise? No, but, I don't. But if they win this Super Bowl, they'll actually be more equipped to be a little bit more Rams-like. Right? Because they've got a lot of cap money. Well, They've got a lot of cap yeah. money. They'll become a more attractive destination. The money rule, rules all in they'll, that regard. If they want to go get the best left tackle on the market... As right, a, but that's because not they're low like. in the draft. They that's can, not Rams like. Rams like is bringing in trading. a receiver to pair with the receiver in the yeah. top tier cornerback. Right, it's and above and beyond. You're trading away picks to get those guys. The Bengals aren't going to do that. They they value the picks because they're much less expensive, much more expensive to go the other way, where you trade your picks yeah. for the salary. It's a spreadsheet choice. It's a spreadsheet choice and a and, and both a cap can win. choice. It's both a, it's a, it's a now versus get, future choice, too. As long as you get the right quarterback. The, the Browns, now the team, have been searching for the Burrow for how many years? Oh, I mean, they've gone through 21, 22 quarterbacks yeah, now. Since Carson Palmer. I, I think if you had a choice, I mean, if you give anybody a choice of which way you want to do it, you want to do it the Bengals' way. You also have to have a lot yes. of job security and be very confident in your place and job security to do this what the Rams are doing because it is very much a well, mortgaging the future for the now and giving up a bunch of draft picks, knowing that you got to talk to your ownership. You know, if you're their front office or you're Sean McVay and saying, look, we may be pretty light a couple years from now, three years from now, if we do this, but we got to be all in. We have to make the agreement right now. We are going all in now and understand eventually we're going to pay the piper for a season or two possibly, yeah. with all these draft picks being given up. And if you're okay with that and you're confident enough that – or you're not scared of getting fired, right. if you're Sean McVay, that's a big part of it. Because I understand the temptation – talk about the Titans with John Robinson. I understand the temptation of going to the playoffs every year. I don't think the team's going to completely fall off the face of the earth. Safe and sound. Let's keep some draft picks. Let's not go for everything right now because I've got a good job and we can continue to win like this for a while versus the, if I do this and it doesn't work and you don't win playoff games, you don't go to a Super Bowl, and then a couple years you're bad, one of the worst teams in the league, am I losing my job? And if that's what motivates you, which having a job motivates everyone, then it's one way, it's one thing you got to factor in if you're going to make that move. We saw it happen to John Gruden, really. I mean, he was part of the trade. 
to to get everything in in Tampa Bay. A couple of years a couple of years later, he it pretty pretty quickly. And I, I, I've been considering a lot of those guys in the Hall of Fame vote. Right. You know, another one of them is a finalist this year, Rondé Barber, who we'll find out about in a couple nights. But they they kind of went for it with with the coaching move to get Gruden there, who they thought could throw them over the top when Dungey didn't got the championship, but a couple of years later they stunk, and guess what? He was out. Now, do you take that trade off? I think a lot of fans say that, too. You know, I've got this well, all 22 with the Titans, and they say, we would take a championship this year in exchange for five years of barren wilderness, no problem. And I think but most, guess what? In the fourth year of that barren wilderness, they're not talking the same. But I think most coaches would think that same way, and yes. it goes back to ownership. Sean McVay can go all in the same way Zach Taylor would want to, but he can't. Because he's working for Cincinnati and not Los Angeles. Yeah, that's a good point. That's why. Your I mean, ownership I, I, has to be uh, okay with, with risk right. and okay with doing it. And, then, and that kind of goes back to the, the job security part of it. But, Hudden, you're right in that you've got to be willing to spend. You've got to be willing to do it. you got to be – you know, that's, that's a big difference between Rams' ownership with Kroenke – and the and Brown there's something family. to say there about the ownership. Kroenke is, uh, I don't want to call him new age billionaire, but Mike Brown is old school NFL right. blue blood. And Kroenke is, in that regard, new age billionaire with the stadium and the whole deal. You know, deserted the city, built the league uh, a facility for NFL uh, network and all of that. Mike Brown is old Old, old, but, but old. Consider, look, uh, not, not, I'm not talking age old. I'm talking old NFL. But think about like the, the Kroenke in St. Louis is not the Kroenke we see today. No. There's, a, there's a competitive aspect to it where they're not just competing against their division. They're competing against the Chargers. They're splitting the stadium. The yes. Chargers are renting it. And, you know, the, the Rams are the tenant. And Trying to you, win this market. I mean, exactly. And the, the whole mentality of you bring Fisher and Coach Mack and everybody in and you make the move. And then you really make the move, right? And, and quite it, frankly, it's worked. Quite frankly, they win this Super Bowl. I don't know how much well, of a dent it makes in this market. But it, it, it's it it's it, better for sure it, than not winning it. It's uh, they kill the Chargers. The line. I mean, they kill the Chargers. But think of the the just the the legacy that's being laid out there. This was the, their second Super Bowl appearance in four years. Yeah. You know, so if we want to go back to Kansas City or. What we could have seen, you know, in, in the NFC as well, with San Francisco going to their second and three, but you've the, got McVay going to second and four. The ripple effect of a Super Bowl win for this team in Los Angeles, as compared to Cincinnati and Cincinnati, I don't think it measures at all. I mean, we could walk around this city and find tons of people who don't give a damn about this, but and you can't find anybody in Cincinnati well, that doesn't care. That, that's know. fair, but consider this too. So I agree with you, Paul. It's, it's almost the towing, you know, you're playing both sides of, of the argument here, not you, the yeah. fan. The fan, the average fan, would love the mentality of the Rams, but that mentality of the Rams is exactly why they're rooting for the Bengals this week. Yeah, if you're an outsider. Right. You're, You'd want it for your team, but as an outsider, you're, you're rooting for Cincinnati. the Bengals because the Rams are all in and the Bengals have done it through the draft and they've done it the hard way the hard and they way. haven't been there, you know, and so, you know, Young. 31 years since they won a playoff game. You, you respect that, but at the same time, you would trade it all for one champion. For your team that would buy it. And it's also, it goes back to the old underdog story. There's just. That too. Well, the Rams aren't some premier franchise in the NFL, some legacy franchise or anything. They're behaving like the there's, old Yankees. There's a different feeling about Cincinnati and L.A. 
the cities, the underdog style of one versus the other, and the glitz and glamour versus those two teams. It just, I think that plays into it more than anything else. Then that plays to it more than the style of how they got here, you know, of going for broke and trading for the quarterback and all that. I think it has a lot to do with everyone sees the Bengals as the underdog story. But and they palm are. trees versus snowstorm. But the Rams would be the story if Kansas City handles their business two weeks ago. Because I think most of America I would agree be with pulling you. for Matthew Stafford. It's I'm all about already who you're tired of home. So you're against the all-in unless you're playing against the team that always wins. Right. And because the Bengals are there, they're the underdog story. But uh, one result later, it could have been the Rams as the heavy favorite across America. And therein, Hut, you just define the beauty of the league. Right. Yep. Except for the Pro Bowl. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which will get good. Oh, the, when the ratings disaster. come out in two days, it'll be good. Um, Kayla is a Kayla Canaram is a fan of the Chiefs. Do you guys know this? I did not know that. Also, yeah. a huge fan of the Pro Bowl. Are you she from Kansas us. City? Uh, one yeah. of the rare Pro Bowl fans. Kayla's going to join us no. uh, from Outkick. Not from Bets. Kansas City. She's so, from she's from Missouri. Yeah, oh. but she yeah. she will, could try though, Paul. We're in her city. <laughs> she's from the area. Uh, we'll we'll get into uh, a number of different topics, and she's got a prop bet for us to all follow. How about We've had more Paul's than one? Props. We've had Paul's props all year. We're going with Kayla's now we're going selection pro. this week. That's next on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Live across the Outkick Network from the Super Bowl. Radio Row, our location with Outkick.com and the Outkick Network. This is Outkick 360. Chad Withrow, Paul Koharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Kayla Kinnearum with us from Outkick Bets as well. Uh, you can see and read her coverage. Brian Leaf walking right behind uh, you right now, too. Just oh, went right into our shot if you're watching on video. We'll give a, a <laughs> Just walked right Ryan past Leaf. our radio station. Uh, yeah, we need to find out next time he's in Nashville. Big, big fan sure. of Ryan Leaf. Big Absolutely. Uh, and Kayla, great work uh, across the Outkick Network. Good to see you well, in your thanks, city. guys. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. And great job on the name. No one gets my last name right. And you've, said, you've nailed oh. it multiple times today. You know, I did not even think to ask now that I think about it. <laughs> People I probably think it's near him, but you're right, I, it's Kinnearum. I, I would have thought it was near him. I would have thought the K was silent, but Hutton got it right the whole time. <laughs> so good for I'm him. shocked. Well done. <laughs> uh, he really does research on it is what he's yes, saying. He did yes. his homework. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. Uh, we're going to get some props in just a moment. Um, but you heard Chad's Lyft story. You I have, did. You have an Uber uh, situation? I'm with Chad. I'm Team Lyft. I have a beef with Uber. I haven't used Uber in three, two and a half, three years. So what is the beef? 
Okay, well, I'll try to make this as quick as possible. But one night, after maybe a few glasses of wine, I went to go get my Uber. Okay. Um, Very was, responsible of you, by the way. Thank you. Good job. Thank you. Nice work. I thought so. Uh, it was like a five-minute Uber. So it was literally like a $5 ride. And the next week, I'm like looking at my bank statement, and I have the $5 charge and then a $25 charge. And I'm like, that's weird. It was only $5. So follow up with Uber. They can't figure out what the charge is for. So they're like, we'll figure it out and get back to you. I never hear from them. Another month goes by, and I get another $25 charge. And I'm like, what is this? So reach out to Uber again. And they, they were like, oh, we see that it's uh, Uber Pass. And I'm like, what's Uber Pass? And they're like, oh, you must have signed up for it. And I'm like, I never oh. willingly signed up for Uber Pass. But all of a sudden, they know what it is after the second month. So I was like, okay, well, I never signed up for this willingly. <laughs> I would like it to be taken off. And I don't want a membership. I don't want Uber Pass. And they're like, okay, no problem. And I go, and I want it off for the first month as well. And they're like, oh, it's already passed. We can't do that. And I was like, hold up. I asked you what it was, and you couldn't tell me. And now all of a sudden, you know what it is, and you won't remove Who it. Who were you talking to with Uber? Was okay, it- that's the other thing. Uber customer service is terrible. I mean, you, I'm shocked you even got someone on the phone you, to begin no, with. No, it was email. <laughs> okay. you, you, can't, you can't talk to anyone on the phone. So it was like... And you talk to a different person every time, and then they have to read your case, and it's just a mess. What is Uber Pass? I don't even know still. I think it's just like a membership to make your rides cheaper. Did you just start hitting things cheaper. on your phone and accidentally sign up for it? Or? Yes. So my boss at the time was like, we'll call your credit card company and have them take it off, say you didn't you know, authorize it. I'm like, great call. So I get it removed, and then the next time I have a flight, I get an Uber to go to the airport, and... It says I have an outstanding balance of $25, and I can't get my Uber until I pay it. And I'm like, that's it. I'm done with Uber. Lift it is. So, so it's no longer – Uber Pass does not exist anymore. It's now because of Oh, you. oh, well, look you. this but up. They, they changed the <gasps> it name. It is about time. So they changed the name to Uber One, and it's just a membership that provides rides and eats at a discounted rate. So I guess if you're using this a for lot. a daily commute, you get a benefit of – Okay. Here's the other underrated uh, benefit of being on Team Lyft and not Uber is when you go to a city that doesn't have Lyft, you can get out of paying for the rides when you're on a business trip. That way it's like, guys, I don't have Uber. I'm exactly. sorry. There's right. no Lyft in the city. <laughs> you guys have to get this uh, these rides on this trip. Wasn't that you in San Francisco? I've well, it's fewer excuse. and further between you yeah. find a city that doesn't have Lyft now. But there was a couple times where I've been to a city that doesn't have Lyft at all, and they had Uber. So yeah. there's another benefit. Um, your friends there in Andrews, <laughs> oh, no. correct? I don't. I would use the term friends loosely. I just met her for the first time um, a month ago. She is absolutely lovely. I've I've been an admirer for years. Obviously, um, I've looked up to her for a long time. So yeah, it was cool to finally so, meet her. So and Kayla works for the King. Yes. For those that yes. don't know, and and the only time I saw this was on social media, <laughs> where you and Aaron. I, I just assumed that like she was a co-host with you up there for one of these games. <laughs> I had no clue. Uh, but she's got some clothing line or something, right? Yes, okay. Wear by EA. Big fan of Wear. Love, love their line. Uh, she makes the cutest clothes for, I mean, they've covered NFL, NCAA. They're into NHL now. So she was at the Kings game okay. um, promoting her Kings line for Wear. So, uh, yeah, I did a little interview with her, and she was awesome. Chad has an epic story. Yeah, so oh. Aaron Andrews has a special place in this show's history we, that I've got to tell you about. I'll give you the we brief story. We want Aaron story. on so we can yeah. retell and look, this is this has been written about by Clay Travis at OutKick. It sparked a big feud at the time about should he have written the story without Which informing me. 
I would say he should have at least asked me if he wrote the story that featured me in it <laughs> oh, uh, before him. But I, I wake up the next morning after this story to everyone texting me about Clay's story about uh, Aaron Andrews. So here's the oh, gosh. here's the quick version of the story, and you tell okay. me what you think, knowing Aaron Andrews a little bit. So we're at the Super Bowl in New York City. Go out with Clay to dinner and some league event. Go back to Clay's <laughs> – sounds – <laughs> Sounds worse Wait, than what, what were you there for, by the way? Things progress. I go back to Clay's Hotel. <laughs> I was uh, at the Super Bowl in New York. It was 2014. Okay, nice. sure, yeah. So yes. you may have been at this dinner table with me, and I didn't even know uh, <laughs> if your friend's there and Andrew. So go back to Clay's Hotel, sitting at the hotel bar, and we look over, and Clay's like, oh, there's a big group of Fox Sports people. And it's a table, and it's Aaron Andrews, I think the head of Fox Sports at the time also. Yeah. Uh, John Lynch is there. I mean, a heavy hitter table, right? So Clay is friends with Aaron Andrews. I've never met her. She walks by to go to the bathroom, sees Clay. Hey, Clay, how you doing? Sweet as could be. Very nice. Introduces herself to me. Hey, Chad, <laughs> nice to meet you. And she goes, hey, why don't you guys come over and, and sit at our table instead of just sitting up here at the bar? So I'm, okay. So I kind of follow Clay's lead, knowing the people there, yeah. Yeah. you know, being a good sidekick at the yeah. time. I don't know anyone. Wingman. Go sit at the table, and uh, everyone's, you know, having drinks, telling stories, having a great time. And there's stories being told about uh, someone that I, I will not mention at the table. And uh, nothing, you know, salacious, nothing bad about this person, but I actually had a story. So everyone is kind of trading off stories and saying, you know, Aaron's having a good time, everybody's having fun. I jump in and start to talk to tell a story that I had. And Aaron Andrews stops the entire tape, stops me and says, hold on, hold on, I'm sorry. Who the bleep are you? <laughs> to the entire table. And it's just uproarious laughter from the whole group, right? Like, it, you know, you felt like the kid, people are like pointing at me and laughing the whole time. And I'm like, uh, I'm Chad. I'm the guy that we, you know, we just met at the bar. I'm, I'm Clay's friend. I'm sitting next to Clay, right? Uh, so the, further, the, I'm, the, the yeah. further I'm removed from this, the less mad I am about it. Like at the time, well, the I was very angry. But the, the further along I get from it, like, it's kind of funny because people oh, say hilarious. with her personality, that's, that's her personality. <laughs> and I was the new guy. Straight to the point, yeah. Yeah, but it's amazing how it's stuck with this show and how so many people will see Aaron Andrews now that listen or watch our show and think about that moment and will just tweet me. Anytime she does anything, they'll tweet me, hey, Chad, who the bleep are you? <laughs> so that's, that's the tagline. I can't wait to have Aaron on the show at some point. So I can repeat this story back to her and see what she thinks. Which about. she won't That's remember. That's an incredible story. Yeah. In Aaron's defense, mm -hmm. I didn't know who the bleep you were before <laughs> I worked for Outkick. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And again, look, I, I look back now and I'm like, you know, it's kind of funny. I didn't look great in it either, uh, but yeah. And I wasn't like a 22 year old intern speaking. Yeah. I was in my 30s at the time. It wasn't like you know I just sat down and hey, I've got all this life experience to tell you about right now. As a 23-year-old. Anyway. That's amazing. I want you to have you. a face-to-face -face with her and, and talk this out. Yeah. Again, I'm not <laughs> mad about it. It's people around me that are mad oh, about it. Oh, I'm mad about it. I, I don't care anymore. I care. Oh, we had a great debate on air between Clay and Paul and Chad, uh, or whether or not Clay – Clay wrote a big column on it, which was – like reading through it, it's I'm glad he did. I'm glad he Paul's did. Paul's issue is more with Clay it turned than Aaron for writing it, it, it without been telling okay. it. It's a not great, Clay's story to write. But it's been it's such a story. great story for the show that I'm so thankful he wrote that column. Absolutely. Well, I'm thankful that Clay, in hindsight, he should have told me. <laughs> but I am thankful that Clay made it public so it became such a good show story, right? Because I don't know if I'd have been rushing to go on air the next day and tell that story. 
if Clay didn't publish it at outkick.com for everyone to see. Anyway, that's my story. That's a great story. That would have been hidden from us, Paul. He would never well, he could have told I would have told time. you guys, but I yeah, wouldn't have. And in time, he could have brought it on the air as he was uh, more established. That happened on a Friends episode, the one with Brad Pitt. Joey was like, who's this guy? So you should mm. take it as a compliment. Brad Pitt was in the same yes. situation. Yeah, but Joey's not particularly smart. <laughs> That that would talking to over here too. Hurtful comparison. All right, so give me something I've got to bet on this weekend. Oh man, I mean, I'm still kind of undecided on what I want to do for this game. I'm in a tough spot, as all are Missouri people, because you know, as Chiefs fans, we are salty. We don't want to pick the Bengals, and then we also have that beef with the Rams for leaving St. Louis. I I heard the Cronky talk, and he's not high on our list. That is Um, a tough spot. I never thought about that angle. Also, like. So as far as the spread goes, I want to lean Rams right now. I can also see the Bengals, like, just coming out of nowhere and, and winning this thing. So um, I don't know. Undecided on the spread, but a few fun props. I'm going to take uh, Cooper Cup anytime TD because I have did that the last few games, and he did not let me down. Um, Joe Burrow right now I think is over under 276.5 passing yards. I would take the over. He hit that in three of the last five games for the Bengals. Nice. Um, and then some fun ones. I think we were talking about Anthem. Um, I, I like going over on the Anthem. I typically lean over. What do you guys feel on I'll, the Anthem? I'll take the over. Mickey Guy. The over? Yeah, yeah, I'll take the over on it. And what is it? Two minutes? It's is normally like – yeah, sometimes it is just a straight two minutes, but I think it's it's a little longer for the Super Bowl anyway. You know like, what's crazy about the anthem and the over, and out. I agree with you. I would I take the over also. Yeah. about the singer. Well, every singer will tell <laughs> you it's, it's the hardest song to sing, and it's the most pressure you're ever going to feel. So singing the anthem at a Super Bowl is more pressure-packed than a halftime show for people because it's a very difficult song it. to get right. And it's just you. And, but when you typically get nervous, you speed things up. And it goes faster, and you talk faster. But for whatever Good reason, point. nervous singers sing slower. It's like that, they go slower. So fact? I'm going with you on the over because I have heard this where it's almost like you're trying to go in a way and getting the notes right and everything else, and you slow down the anthem. Interesting. I had no idea. You learn something every time. You're you do. Around me. Every time. Yeah. And, then, and what color do we think the Gatorade is going to be? I like always think that's a fun one. But do they do they do a Gatorade bath in the Super Bowl? Can't That's you just match typical. it up with a team now? I feel like Cincinnati should have orange oh, I Gatorade. I feel like it should as well. Right? Yeah, and the Rams should but every, have uh, But on the sidelines, it, it, the prop is there because you always have uh, – there's grape, orange. I'm and team blue. Red? I'm all about the blue Gatorade. Lemon. Lemon. So they've got all those um, – like the Pedialyte stuff on top of the Gatorade on the on the sidelines for everybody. I got some Pedialyte Gatorade the other day at the 7-Eleven. Um, do they make that? Well, it's like Gatorade. It's uh, Gatorade. It's yeah, I think it's called like Gator Gatorade. You nailed it, Gatorade or Gatorade. It yeah. doesn't roll off the tongue. I had no idea. You can hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360, and you can find like, for instance, you want props. First time users at FanDuel.com. You've got a great offer right now. Uh, Chad likes to say, why have you not signed up already? Uh, if you are in one of the legal states or FanDuel.com, you can go to FanDuel.com slash OK360. 56 to 1 odds in honor of Super Bowl 56. Uh, maximum bet of $5. You can win $280. And you're just picking either the Rams or the Bengals to win the game. You put $5 down, you can win $280. 56 to 1 odds. And, you know, another piece of advice you can sign up as a first-time user find a friend who's also a first-time user pick the opposite teams and then it's a guaranteed win you split the earnings 
that's what I would do had we not already signed up and done this, uh, Chad. Well, this is uh, a, a year ago. Obviously, a, a big time uh, for this with the Super Bowl coming up. But uh, again, if you haven't done it, Hutton, I just don't understand what you're waiting on when you hear this offer. What in the world is going on with you that you wouldn't take this offer? Fifty-six. Make it happen. Odds. Again, Fanduel.com/slash/OK360 is the link. Fanduel.com/slash/OK360. Um, do you enjoy living in Los Angeles? <laughs> it wasn't a resounding yes. <laughs> I don't think anything here is simple. Well, I know you guys are Nashville folks, so I know you have opinions about L.A. Um, I love the weather, <laughs> which I know is the, oh, most the weather's awesome. common answer. Yes, the weather's great. And so I lived in Chicago before this for two years. And so when coming out here, I'm like, oh, my gosh, the sun's shining every day. It's warm. This is wonderful. Like, I like that part of it. But, but every <laughs> other part, you're not as, not <laughs> as big of a I mean, like. Kayla's so positive. She can't even. She just ends it there. What's, there your, what's, your, uh, what's your ideal home? My ideal home? Like. No, where uh, to live? Yeah, where would you like? I mean, to? I love Nashville. I would move to Nashville. I'm from Missouri. I'm a Midwest gal, so everyone else is. People love Nashville. <laughs> I Kelly saw Dixon's trying to. You say may it. come if you get one person to leave. <laughs> so uh, I saw a quote from the Oklahoma governor that asked the question: Who on earth would leave Norman, Oklahoma, for Los Angeles in regards to Lincoln Riley? Oh. Bashing him for leaving Norman, Oklahoma. But I'm amazed that we're having that conversation. That that that's a quote. Leaving Norman, Oklahoma for Los Angeles right yeah, now got a high, is a big departure. He's got a That's little amazing. bit of a high view of Norman, Oklahoma. I think he needs to travel <laughs> a little. I've been to Norman uh, in college. Yeah, it's, it's nice. I don't think it's I – would, I would take L.A. over Norman. Yeah, I've not been to Norman, but I'm confident I wouldn't like it. <laughs> Other than the Kings, because I know you're partial, what's the next best sporting team aspect, uh, uh, game day atmosphere, what would you say? Is it Clippers, Lakers, uh, Rams, Chargers? Chargers? Good question. I mean, I think the Lakers is probably the next, yeah, the, the, the biggest fan base out here. They've been here for so long, and you've got the Kobe stuff, and um, it's just so synonymous with L.A. So I would say Lakers is, is probably the, the biggest and loudest fan base. I want to go to a Dodgers game. Oh, that so, would be the one so L.A. Great. thing that I want to do. So great. I, I, there's not a single sports L.A. thing that I'd want to do other than that. Like, really? i got to be completely honest. Even Lakers? Don't care. All <laughs> NBA games look the same to me. Yeah. I'm not an NBA I, I hater. They're just, you're in an arena. They seem the same. <laughs> this arena next door to us is not that much different than going to a game in Indianapolis or Charlotte or wherever. So. I agree with that, but. I'd go to the Lakers game. Well, the I lived here. For I have a while, no problem being negative. I'm like, as you can tell, <laughs> I I'll just throw it all I out. I would there. much rather go to a Lakers game than a Hornets game right now, just based on the superstar factor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm saying just the the vibe, like oh, all yeah. things equal, atmosphere, vibe. It, to me, it's very similar. Oh, the Dodgers is absolutely the call. I'm I'm with you there. Are the and Kings I've in been, town this week? They're not. We don't have another game until the end of February just because it Lakers was supposed are not to be in Olympics. either, right? It's uh, Clippers. Am I right in thinking that? Or is it Lakers later this week? Clippers last night. I think night. the last. Clippers were last night. Yes. That was the last. Uh, maybe there's one more, but it was all early in the week when I looked at the Saturday, schedule that was happening. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, I feel bad for business for the Kings because I'm a Thunder fan. I'm a Chiefs fan. <laughs> I'm a Mizzou fan. I'm a Cardinals fan. They're like, you don't like any other teams in LA. I'm like, I love the Kings. That, like, that's my team, but. We'll have Lakers night. We'll have Dodgers night. And I'm like, Chargers night was the worst. Tell them when the other Chiefs teams start fan. paying you that you'll be a fan of them, too. <laughs> yeah. exactly. I mean, if you want to pay me, then I'll, I'll be a fan. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Kayla, thank you for welcoming us to your city. Yeah, absolutely, guys. It. Thanks She's for having host. me. 
Kayla so Kinnaram has been our guest. Check out Outkick Bets and uh, follow her on Twitter and social media as well. You can see all those great photos with Aaron Andrews uh, <laughs> and the L.A. Kings uh, that Chad continues to scroll past none, as fast as possible. None of those photos are with me. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> Stay tuned. Not yet. More yeah. coming from Radio Row with Outkick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coming up, the very latest on the arrest of Alvin Kamara. That happened uh, this past weekend at the Pro Bowl in Las Vegas. Outkick 360 rolls on from Radio Row here this week and every day leading up to Super Bowl 56 and the Bengals and Rams matchup. A couple of coaches helping boost new organizations, and one of them is Rich Bisaccia, headed to Green Bay as the special teams coach. Uh, Of course, the interim head coach of the Raiders, longtime special teams coordinator, He's now coaching special teams for Green Bay, which was horrendous in the postseason I mean, throughout the playoffs. It, this is as good as it gets, I think. You go from uh, awful, awful special teams that cost you all the perks of being the number one seed single-handed. I, I mean, look, they didn't do enough on offense, clearly, the Packers, with the number one seed in their divisional round game. But they lost the game on special teams. And uh, that's what that's You what didn't LaFleur give up an told, offensive touchdown. LaFleur told Aikman in the in – the, chat prior to the game you I know, hope the production our special meeting. teams doesn't I just, kill us. yeah he goes I hope our special teams doesn't screw this up and so you go and, and they've had special teams problems through multiple coaches yes. since LaFleur's taken over you now get probably uh, you know as good a special teams coach as there is in the league who's got head coaching experience now I think a tremendous and and just a good fortune hire that the guy was available to you because the Raiders decided to move on from him uh, you a little bit disappointed if you're him that fortune. you didn't get more of a look for a head coaching gig? I think so, absolutely. Jaguars are going the back only to being a special teams coordinator. But I think if you go there and you fix their problem on special teams, I, I would think you'd get head coaching looks next year. I think again. that's passed. You think he's done? I think he's been, I mean, he might be. age-wise and how long he's been around. That was his, really his one shot was probably just to be retained uh, in Vegas with the job that he did there, and that's gone now. And I think this, this to me, signifies that. Well, you have a chance to fix a team's biggest problem, and you're good at that. It would be a scenario where he's the interim again, and then he's, you know, then it's the Mike Malarkey path of getting back to yeah. becoming a head coach again. Well, he's not going to be an interim in, uh, <clears throat> I wouldn't imagine, in Green Anytime Bay. Soon. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't think so. So he's in good shape. Another hire that's coming, um, Tim Kelly to the Titans. So, they, they, Mike Vrabel wanted to talk to Tim Kelly a year ago after Arthur Smith left, and Houston blocked a, a conversation about a lateral move to come be offensive coordinator. Um, then he's fired as part of this <laughs> ridiculous firing of David Cully and apparently his, uh, most of his staff, and so he becomes available. I thought he would have landed an offensive coordinator job in these nine changes, but Mike Vrabel manages... Uh, to get him, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN is the one who says he, he has a deal with the Titans. Uh, Chase McCabe from, from a Nashville radio station, The Game, says the, the title is 
includes passing game coordinator. So this is a little bit more than Jim Schwartz coming in on the defensive side of the ball last year, who was just senior defensive assistant, who, by the way, is now a candidate for the Giants' defensive coordinator. That'd be bad for the Titans to lose him. But passing game coordinator really addresses Todd Downing's failure and, and Ryan Tannehill's failure to come in and meld with the run game. He's going to have a hand in there. And Here it, are two teams. It also seems like a, a quick fix if things aren't going well early that he takes over all play calling. He's not just pass game coordinator. He's offensive coordinator. Yeah, or at some point well it's an easy this, switch this if you year, need to. Yeah, yep. And this year, you know, if you're looking beyond this year. Um, but well, there are two teams that did big moves to address coaching deficiencies that hurt them, the two number one seeds. Let's, uh, I'll tell you where this is impactful. It's impactful, uh, even if Downing's calling plays, he's going to be calling more plays, I would presume, of 12 personnel, two tight end, one running back. they got to go get themselves um, a tight end. Well, they uh, more than one. They don't yeah. have a tight end right now under, under contract. contract. Um, but going back to just what Tim Kelly does, he, in 2020, no offensive coordinator in the NFL used more 12 personnel than uh, Arthur Smith. And Tim Kelly's offenses in Houston have been top five each of the last three years in 12 personnel. Last year, there was a considerable difference using more 11 personnel uh, from the, the, the Titans offense. Which was understandable this, at the start because they let Johnny Smith walk and they brought in Julio Jones. Yeah, but it's not understandable with Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is far more efficient in the offense we saw from Arthur Smith than the one we saw from Todd Downing. And on play action, with extra help on the protection, um, in the run game and, and all that b- being considered, 12 personnel fits this team better. Oh, I agree and, with that. And they did. They went away from it. They didn't completely do away with it. They just didn't run it near the amount of, uh, of, of chances that we saw that Arthur Smith take advantage of. Oh, I agree with that entirely, but that's not strictly on Todd Downing because the personnel change they made was to let a very good tight yeah, end but, walk and to bring in but, a very expensive wide receiver. Well, That's John Robinson I'm and Mike Vrabel you, doing that. But they, they just went with a passing game coordinator that is known for 12 personnel. Last year, when Todd Downing was elevated to uh, play caller, he was known for using 11 with Oakland. So they gave he him, went with what he knew. Yeah. Tim Kelly will do the same, and there's a reason why they're going back to it. Right, and they're going to change the personnel again. They've got to get a good tight end, a, a plus two lesser tight ends. My, uh, my, my phone app just recorded most of this segment in a text to my sister. Oh, nice. Hello, Miss Kaharski. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> to your sister. I'm not sending it. Okay, good. Yeah. Oh, please do. No, she could just. Oh, listen she needs to. A she needs to know. She needs to know. Headlines will be returned, including Alvin Kamara and the latest legal troubles there in Vegas. That's next on Outkick 360.